I guess we should talk about the obvious elephant in the room. Yeah. Our new studio. So the pals are all, we're on a budget. Pals now. are bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Do you know hard times? Iron what forges iron. Iron sharpens iron. Pressure tough makes diamonds. <laughs> yeah, pressure makes diamonds. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Yeah, there we go. So we'll be through so, it. So yeah, no, we're it's... we're recording. So I guess the backstory is the people who don't know who just kind of started watching. We used to record at George's amazing condo and george has like loft big natural light like nice open space um lives a little bit outside of the downtown core i live in the downtown downtown core where like i'm literally in the middle middle of a concrete jungle you go out this balcony it's just condos everywhere. yeah the one place in the world i wouldn't live is like yeah, right so, here you know, i'm like i love living here i just don't like actually being here you never get tired of it like being no, here i love it Really? Mind you, again, I don't drive through traffic unless I'm going to an event, right? So if we're not recording this podcast tonight after work, I'll go back to the gym. I'll go to the office, eat dinner at the office, then either come down here if I have to do something or go to my parents' house and just chill. Like for me, yeah. this place is to do stuff. I want to do stuff when I'm here. I don't want to actually sit here. That's so interesting. Like even cooking dinner. Really? Anytime I cook dinner by myself, I'm annoyed. I'd rather just like go to Moretti or I'll go to Belly Busters, go to Calsan Road. You don't I like being home ever. I don't like being home. Unless yeah. the plan is to do something at home. Like if I'm here with someone. Why, you, why is that? I just feel like whenever I'm at home and I'm like doing nothing, I just feel that I'm just wasting away. I feel like I'm not getting the most out of life. Interesting. Like if, I, if I sit at home at five o'clock and I come home and I just like sit around, go on my phone. It's like, what am I doing? If I die tomorrow, is this what I did my last night alive? Yeah, but like, well, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know how to dissect that, but like. Don't you like being alone with your thoughts at times? Just like sitting and relaxing and just like... I, at the gym, I'm alone with my thoughts. If I'm going for a walk, I'm alone with my thoughts. I don't want to be alone with my thoughts doing nothing. It's just boring. Yeah, like, why can't you cook? Cook for one is boring to I me. love it. Because I need to cook by myself. I, I need to eat by myself. I need to it. clean by myself. That's just boring. Yeah, I get that. But then like... And I hate cooking for one or two because I feel like it's a waste of money. Yeah, but like I'm always meal prepping So I'm going to cook for like six, but then I gotta, I'm stuck eating the same six meals for... Their, well, no, like let's say like I make a meal tonight. I'll eat whatever I don't eat tonight tomorrow, but like I'll do a little variation of it for my lunch. And then yeah, that's my lunch. So I eat, like I eat the same two. meal for at least two meals a week. Well, every single, <laughs> every oh. night and every next day. What do you day. meal prep? Huh? What do you meal prep? Anything and everything. Like every week you meal prep? Like the night before. <laughs> so like whatever I make for dinner, I eat for lunch the next day or some variation of it. And so. I do the same thing every night. Because it's also my time that I don't have to study. I don't have to do work. I don't have to talk to people. I put my phone away and it's just me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I like, like I like doing that. Like, if I had someone with me doing that, okay, great. But, like, I also love being alone sometimes because I'm always with people. I love being alone. Like, I haven't, like, I haven't been home in a couple of days and I'm dying to just to See, be by myself. I'm, I'm alone when I'm driving. I drive about an hour and a half to two hours a day. I'm alone. Yeah, I'm at the gym. It, I'm alone but for But hold hour. on a second. When you're driving, are you calling people or are you listening to music? No, I usually listen to music. At the gym, <clears throat> you're listening to music. Yeah, see, like, the, yeah, but it's still, you're still getting some form of stimuli. I guess. Well, in fairness, when I'm at home too, I'm like doing something. But even like before Becca and I lived together, I would, I genuinely would love going home and doing like we say nothing, but just like relaxing. I actually prefer. It's weird. I see. I'm the opposite. I prefer that than going out every night. I've actually, you guys know this. Like, I don't come out to as many things now because I just I'm trying to prioritize where I put my time. And like how I use my time. And to me, one of the most important things is just having like personal time to do the things 
like do things that I think theoretically make me better. That's not saying like what you're doing is not making you better because you want to work out. You're doing things that are physically active that, you know, if you're good physically, then naturally you want assumes that it helps you mentally because you're in a good state of a good physical state or so good mental state. But being able to like just stop and close, like kind of shut your mind off, either literally like shut it off, like not have to think um, or do something that is more mentally stimulating than physically. So like, reading a book, listening to a podcast, cooking, where you can be with your own thoughts and you're not getting that external stimulation. I think it's kind of nice. I personally, I love it. I know for me, it's like, I just, I also love meeting people. So like, again, going, the only way to really meet people nowadays is by going out and doing things, whether I'm at the gym, a concert, sometimes I go to my other gym because I know it's a social thing and I'll, I'll do a random class that I don't care about. And is even a good workout just because you'll make one or two friends, right? Like sometimes I'll go for walks with people like, me and Danny go for so many walks. Vicky joins us, DB. Because you just want to be outside and, like, again, it's just doing things for me. Yeah, honestly, that's it. I like doing things. Yeah. I think I've just changed in the, since I got back from yeah, Europe. At least different. I think I just changed what I wanted to prioritize. And that's, like, not to say that I don't want to prioritize doing stuff with, like, friends and meeting people in, the, in my personal sphere. But a lot of what I do now because of, like, how just work's been, like, our company's growing and we're trying to do, I don't know, some pretty cool big things. Most of my time when it comes to the social aspect, I try to like merge the two and make it so it's like social, but also like professional development related. So like rather than calling up the buddy saying, hey, let's go for a drink tonight or go for dinner. It's like, can I, you know, meet up with a, a customer or a potential customer or someone on my team and go for like lunch or whatever. So I tried to kill like, you know, get that enjoyment in a different sphere so that when I get home, I don't have to feel the need to go and do that. Like, you know. Yeah. Try to I, kill two birds once. Yeah. 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 That's Anyways. Cool. How are we on this topic? About being here? Yeah, about being here. Yeah. You're not a fan of this new studio setup, eh? That's no, again, yeah, yeah, again, story look, the studio. would I prefer to f record at our studio? Yeah, like if we're going to record here or some random other little box, like, okay, I don't mind recording here because at least this is my home. I don't have to leave after. But our studio was just genuinely, I remember you said this, you're like, it was such a bad investment. And I'm like, I don't think so because it genuinely just made me happy sitting in there and just like, now that the, the walls are so covered, like there's days I'd sit on the couch, I'd be on my phone just looking at the wall. I'm like, oh, I remember that episode. That was fun or that one or that moment. I, I just, it genuinely made me happy. Maybe it's also the, the the good lighting in there, the CN Tower view. It just genuinely made me happy. Yeah, but I guess in fairness too though, that is a material thing bringing you satisfaction and joy. Like those moments could be created anywhere independent of the situation. Yeah, no, agreed. Right? 100%. It's the people that made those moments yeah. and like the CN Tower, okay, I mean, we can just pause this podcast, walk outside, and go look at the CN Tower. <laughs> you know, like not, yeah, not I know what you mean, mean yeah. but it was a from a financial perspective. It's a it's a bad well, investment. Yeah, we got like, we got zero financially. We got nothing out of it. It's like say it's like cast. Was cast a, a good financial investment? No, but in reality, was it a good investment in our lives? Amazing, right? Yeah. I'm not comparing the two, but you got. But what I I'm think saying. to your point too, Ricky. Just even seeing the studio. Why did you get people to sign the walls? to remind yourself it was kind of like a yearbook that you have yeah. just right in your face every single day yeah but it's okay we'll make some new memories well to be clear like the, the studio's not oh it's right as of right now it's probably like a thing of the past but like never say like never like maybe there is something that comes out of it like something oh, yeah, could materialize right. maybe down the road we get another one yeah but the, the thing is too if i mean people are gonna be like whoa why are they different, different setup i mean at the end of the day you know trying to be fiscally responsible and our our studio we had a, our we got our place uh, at a very good deal, and when we when we first secured it, like we it was not say free, but it, like it was really cheap for the space we had. Relative, like an office space in like the heart of the city, in a cool neighborhood. Yeah, had parking. Like it was a very very like it wasn't 
when I say a bad investment, it's like it's we it's it served its purpose and what we spent on it, like it didn't feel like we were all we were burning money because we did use it. But then and now we had sponsors too. So that changes everything. Well, yeah, and it was a net when you have sponsors, it offsets the cost. But the thing is too is that our landlord raised the rent on us by like a Relatively speaking, a crazy amount. Like it's percentage-wise, it was a massive increase, yeah. um, which is weird because like office spaces are not office spaces in the city are not, um, I don't not maybe not in high demand. Like I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, people are not necessarily taking up office space and jumping at it. Even though Toronto is a you know great city to be in and work in and live in, and yeah, it just kind of put us on a rock and a hard place. So, anyways, we'll we'll leave it at that and see. I mean, our, the company cast, I mean, cast pals doesn't generate significant revenue to justify we'll just it. Lose. So, yeah, I mean, we don't have, theoretically, we don't have the money to pay for the studio space. It is what it is. Um, so we've kind of gone back to recording here because- Our roots. My, at least my perspective is that the podcast was not about a place or anything. It was about the podcast. And like, for me, it's like, as long as we're still doing the podcast, I don't care where we're doing it. I mean, with a caveat, I don't want to do it back in my place because now I live with someone else. Uh, so that's why we're here now. This could be a great thing. What if we just like blow up tomorrow? What if people love it? And then I move out, and this just becomes the podcast Dan, studio. Danny, Danny with the gambler's fallacy over here. That's Come on, you sound like Ricky with thinking. You sound like Ricky with cast. What if it blows up tomorrow? You never know. You, you never, never know. know. You never know. This this could be like a switch that we needed to like. Maybe we were getting too comfortable there. Like this could be like that switch that we needed. Yeah. I, again, we'll see. We'll see what happens at the end. Of the day. We still have some. We have some pretty big episodes lined up. Like we've got our. Our guess our partnership with Universal where we do a lot of artists from them. That's super cool. We're gonna get some more athletes on. Like I miss the days of doing Olympians. I feel like I've just me personally, I've been loving all these concerts. So doing a lot of these musicians were super cool. But when we started, we did so many Olympians at the beginning. Right. We had Don for the first time, like at our economy, we had we even had like what's his name? Um who's the guy from the radio station? Um Cabby? No, not Cabby. Um it was one of the early ones. Oh yeah, Devo Brown. Devo yeah, Devo Brown. Penny, Penny Donovan Bailey, Jonathan Rosario. They all came to the condo. Leave. Jonathan Rosario came when we were upstairs in the condo. Jonathan Rosario came like episode 10. Yeah. I messaged him the other day, him and Liam Frazier, because they both got the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got selected for the team. Well, also was an, a shoe-in, but Liam Frazier was kind of like a fringe player, and he got accepted, so I messaged him. Like, congrats, man. This is like crazy. There's a video of him like crying when he got, Come on. got the call. Yeah, man. I'll show you after. He's a good dude. Liam Frazier. Yeah, like, I talk always, to him like once a week. He'll he'll hit, like, I don't have my, I don't have my Instagram. I don't have my Instagram anymore, but he would like message me. Like, man, just so, you know, it just, it's, they're nice people, but it's kind of cool like the, when you're doing this because you sit down with people that you like, I'm not just going to call up John the stars. Hey, you want to go for a coffee? Like, probably it's like, no. The podcast gives you a reason to talk to these people, but it's also feels, even though you don't get starstruck, like, <laughs> The only one going back, the only podcast I was very like I was actually nervous for was Donovan Bailey coming to the condo. Like that one, I was actually like, because it's Donovan Bailey. Like you think, you know, you're a kid, you remember him. Everyone else was cool, and you get like these kind of tingly feeling, like, oh my god, these guys are coming to sit down with us. For the most part, during the episodes, after they're just normal people, and they 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 act that way, so it's cool, and it's not like this like, um, you don't get that feeling of like, oh, it's a celebrity kind of thing. But then, like when someone like Liam uh, Liam Frazier or Osario like comments on your picture and message, you're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." Like, you know what I mean? It, it's a cool feeling. It's probably like the ego side of it being like, "Oh, wow, this guy plays for this team," and it's you know. But Man. but it is they're they're so nice, and the fact that they take time out of their day because they're obviously very like busy and important doing these crazy things, playing the World Cup. But they'll message you and respond to your message. And the thing is too, it's like not only do they come on the podcast, you have you have their undivided attention for an hour. Yeah. Or 90 minutes. Like nobody's like on their phone thinking about their next thing that they're doing. And you know, let's say you run into one of these guys, like I see also at 
Raptors games or Leaf games, and he's like in the middle of something with his partner or with a friend. You're not gonna like, oh yeah, let's chat, let's catch up. It's like, no, when you got him on the pod, you have their undivided attention. Yeah. Like, ah, it's just so cool. And even like you know these uh, One Hope Club. Like, man, I didn't realize New Hope Club. New Hope. What I say? One Hope. One Hope Club. One Hope. <laughs> uh, man, they're massive. Yeah, they're just cool. like massive. And they were like, cool. we had a good time. Like went out after, had like a really really fun night. And yeah, man, like it's just even now like, when I shared the thing today, they both like I talked to two of the three of them today. Like yeah, man, like whatever you post, like let us know. We'll share. Blah blah. blah. I was like, okay, sick, man. Thanks, yeah, they're good guys. dudes. Those guys are really good guys. Um, what was I gonna say? So one thing I did to, to pivot a little bit. You if you're following what happened with um, with the, the company uh, FTX. So I know a little bit. I want to dive too much into the, the, the craziness and the details of it because I like I know at a, at a high level what's happened, but something that was interesting because like the the, the what I want to talk about is how cast when we were trying to fundraise and like raise capital in that last round and we were kind of like hitting the like just before the crest of like when this market started to turn, and you know we were getting the same thing from everybody saying you know we love your idea we need six months of run three three to six months to see what you guys are about, and what's interesting is like. Even when we were trying to raise money, even before that, we were riding like a, there was a boom cycle in startups and and they were growing so fast through the pandemic that um, if you had a hot idea with traction, VCs, a lot of them like uh, would kind of I guess, uh, participate in the round and, and let these companies, uh, give these companies their money in their, in their venture round, whether it was series A, C, whatever, because they were to jump in a hot idea and not miss out to the point that the startups often could say like, oh, we're not going to let you do due diligence. Like if you want in, you want in, you don't, you don't. And a lot of these companies now, um, what's starting to like when this this is all happening, these companies are going bust and they're having down rounds and the market conditions are changing. It's really interesting to hear about these stories of how these big hot startups didn't have proper governance, didn't have proper like audited financials and like clearly you've seen the result of that and these VCs who participated are now left holding the bag like Sequoia who's one that I always thought was this like cool mythical company legendary company the one that we you know had some like surface level conversations with via email and stuff but like Sequoia invested 260 million dollars in FTX that is now worth nothing which is crazy I guess the point of all this is like seeing it now as like now that we're out of the startup world, that we didn't obviously succeed in raising our capital, but seeing how that wave happened and it was just like everyone was just raising money um, kind of at the startups, um, what am I trying to say here? At the startups terms, like they were making essentially like bad, like they were making investments that were essentially gambles. Like you're buying a stock yeah. or a company without any research, which is insane to think it, about. It, it's also like the housing market. Same kind of thing. Think about how many people buy houses without home inspection. You, well, yeah, you ride the high in the moment because you don't want to be left out of the cycle. 100%. And I just find it so fascinating that like when we're in this trying to raise money and I was doing a lot of these calls, I was so nervous to talk to these VCs. I was like, you know, they're so smart. They're so wise. They've done this a million times. And then to see now that a lot of them are just like the average person who invests based on like um, FOMO or emotion and all these things. <clears throat> I just think that's really cool. So I guess the FTX thing has kind of shed obviously more light on that. But there's amongst other ones, like I remember, um, uh, what's it called? Clubhouse was one of the big ones. And that's one we always reference as an example. Like Clubhouse was raised at 100 million, like three months later, 4 billion. And then now, when's the last time anyone's ever heard anyone on Clubhouse? Well, let's talk even Be Real. So Be Real is that next hot app, right? It was number one on the app store for so long. It blew up overnight, especially with like Gen Z. 
And anytime you hear about an app like that, now I, I jump in right away. So I'm like, I want to see what it all, what all the hype is about. And you got to give it a month. So with Be Real, I said, I'm going to do this for a month. By the end of it, I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to see what people are doing right now. I want to see their highlight reel. Yeah. I don't care about what your desk looks like at work. I yeah. don't care what shitty sandwich you made. Like, I want to I want to see your highlight reel. I want to know what events you went to. I want to know, you know, what concerts you went to, what sport events you went to. I want to know when you're getting engaged, when you're getting... I want to know the fun parts about people's lives. I don't care about the in-the-moment thing. Like, yeah. Because, again, even it's not in the moment because everyone tries to, like... You see all the memes where it's like, oh, my be real, get off. Okay, let's let's make it look like we're doing something exciting. Let's run to the balcony and take a picture because it's golden hour. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That, right? So I'm if I was going to bet on it, I say be real is not gone in the next year or 18 months, but is where Clubhouse is right now, you know, on the yeah. decline. It's, it's so, it, but I'm sorry, back to FTX though. Uh, you know, he might go to jail, this guy. Sam. Yeah, he, so... He went from golden boy to like fucking. Well, because they had. So I was listening to the All In podcast because they explained the story and they had um, uh, what's his name Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, on. And so I didn't know. I didn't really know this. Like Coinbase is kind of operates like a bank, but they're not. They don't have a bank charter. So a bank is like if I go to RBC and I give a dollar and and all three of us give a dollar, they can't take those deposits and reinvest them. They have to have that money in the bank. Sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase that. A bank, in theory, could reinvest it, but with a lot of levels of restriction and a lot of parameters they can operate within. Uh, Coinbase Sorry, is- you know, fun fact, in Florida, all you need is $5 million to open a bank. Fun fact. Let's get, to the, let's get these fucking ad rules coming in, baby, and let's open a bank. <laughs> no, but, um, so yeah, a bank, like RBC, should have the deposits to match. So if there was a run on the banks, if we all, if every client went to more to take the money out, they should have that money. But they can also invest- into certain things, I don't know the parameters, so I won't talk about it. Coinbase is not a bank, so they can only be like a they're like a transaction, but uh, a transaction platform, I think. But they have to have um, everyone's dollars at par. So if we put in a dollar, 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 they have to have three dollars to give us back. They can't go invest that money. That's a deposit. The money they make, they can take that yeah, the yeah. profits on that and reinvest it. From what I understand, what FTX did is that they were siphoning money out to finance these venture deals to bankroll the company to to cover losses all that stuff which is so crazy to think about and one of the there's a lot of things to unpack here and i just want to make sure i'm like explaining coherently and not jumping all over the place when i was listening to that podcast and hearing how the story played out the first thought in my head was this is like enron and why i thought that was because i just read the book um what's the enron book i was reading uh Shit, it'll come to me. Can you look up, Daniel? Can you look up the Enron, um, the Enron book? It's a story of Enron. It's the, it's a massive book. I just finished reading it in the summer. Smartest guys, smartest guys in the room. No, 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 not smartest guys in the room. Do hard things. No, Enron's failure. It's about Enron. Anyways, anyways. Okay. Continue. But as they're talking about it, I'm in my head. I'm thinking, I'm like, this reminds me of Enron. And sure enough, like five minutes into the, like five minutes later, they ask, uh, Friedberg asked, Jack, asked Brian Armstrong, do you think this is more like Enron or um, he compared it to another company? I'm not going to remember now. But he said Enron because what Enron was doing, which is interesting, was Enron's demise was, was a bunch of things. They were like manipulating markets. They were like pumping up the value of their assets. But there was one guy in that company, Anthony something, who was their CFO, was not an accountant, was somehow the CFO. And he was like working side deals within Enron with his own companies to, to buy their assets, take it off the books, make it not look like a loss. He recoups it. He's getting paid high fees from Enron. So there was like this like conflict of interest. 
And when you listen to FTX, it's like the same, it's a similar story. Again, this is at a very basic level, not diving in too much. But this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, was taking money out of uh, FTX to bankroll Almeida Research, whatever the hell it's called, the market maker, which is like, it's crazy to think about because when you look back again, going back to the thing I said about the startups raising money at their own like their own terms, telling people like you can't do due, due diligence, this guy was praised like this like, genius, this, this wonderkind. He's like 20-something years old. His company's worth tens of billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. And in the end, he was a criminal. He is a criminal. Uh, well, allegedly. But most likely if that comes to like goes to court, like they're going to say that this guy, what he did was illegal. I, it's just, to me, it's so crazy that, you know, like... It's like, oh, what's the... Um, was it Bernie... Bernie, Bernie oh, that's who he compared it to. He compared it to Enron or Bernie Madoff. Yeah, it's ex it's exactly what it is. And like, when you think about it, I you have this business that, that does amazing. FTX on its own does amazing. It was one of the leaders in like crypto trading. Well, again, allegedly. Al allegedly, but it was one of the, like, the biggest companies in that space. It's like, why don't you just do what your bread and butter is that? Just do it. Yeah, you were a billionaire. Why are you? Why are you? Try, why are you doing well, illegal that's shit? That's another like this? thing. He was a billionaire, quote unquote, on paper. Yeah, but he was very like not cash rich. He's like very like it's all tied up in assets. Yeah, basically. yeah. Well, I think his net worth went from like sixteen billion to like three dollars or something. Well, in a span of forty eight hours. Well, why it's like Enron too is the book. What was the fucking book called? A lot of it's tied to uh, his stock, right? Um. Stock. Oh, side note. You see the Miami Arena? So that's what I was gonna bring up next. Um, Enron. Wild. Enron. What's it's a good thing called? Danny's helping us out so much on this one. Is it called the smartest guys in the room? There's the, yeah, they made like a couple books. It's literally called that. There's Netflix movie too. Conspiracy of Fools. Kurt Kurt Aikenwald. That's the one I read. Conspiracy of Fools. Behind the thick wall, corporate walls in the shadows of Wall Street, along the along the quarters of political power, a scandal is brewing. So it was a, that was one of the biggest books I've read, like thickness. But it's a crazy story. But what, another reason why I think it's comparable is because. Enron was this darling company in Houston, Texas. Back in the day, like they were like the company in Houston. Like everyone went to work for Enron, this massively fast-growing company. Well, um, what industry? Uh, oh. Oil and gas. But they were oil and gas and pipe. There were pipelines, and they started to get into like power and dams and infrastructure and like massive uh, infrastructure projects in like India and like South America. And these were people that had never done this. And they're just like, you know, buying things at, at high cost, paying double, triple what everyone else is paying, marking it up to not take loss, manipulating the books to make it seem like they weren't doing anything, um, doing it, uh, they were not losing money. So the stock kept rising, kept rising, and then one day it all came crashing down. But like, when I was reading this book and it talked about, you know, Minimate Park now is uh, where Houston Astros play. I don't know if it's still Minimate Park, but they play at that ballpark. When the naming rights came up, when Enron was booming in the 90s, like late 1998, I think it was, or 99, Enron got the naming rights to that baseball stadium. And then like six months after the naming rights closed or something like that, they went bankrupt and they had, like it was an embarrassing thing that they renamed the stadium. When I started seeing all these crypto companies name, you know, you have um, crypto, crypto.com crypto arena, FTX arena. Uh, or FT, whatever it's called. SoFi is more like fintech. I don't think it's crypto. But when you started seeing this, it's weird. I started to get this feeling in my stomach like this kind of reminds me of 99 when the dot-com boom happened and like the putting, like tech was not just the thing to invest in. They were like slapping their names on everything from like a marketing perspective and, and kind of flexing that, oh, we've made it. Now we can name this arena, which is a big deal. It's a lot of, lot of money. $200 million for a naming, right? So you can put that towards hiring people, towards 
customer acquisition, whatever. It's $200 million. It's, it's an insane amount. And it's not really going to get you that like an immense amount of value. It's more pride, right? I would think. So when I started seeing this happen over the last like year through this like boom cycle of investing in startups, it, I just started feeling like, man, there's something like just how can these companies be printing money like this? Like they're not, not profitable yet and they're doing these things. It seems kind of irresponsible. I'm not saying I predicted FTX was going to go belly up. But even now too that you're seeing this wave of like um, layoffs, like Amazon just had the biggest layoff in their company history, Facebook, all, all the tech companies. And people are saying, you know, there's like a, a recession, incoming recession. But what's interesting is like you see jobs reports and then in other markets, people are hiring. It's in tech that they're like, they boomed really fast and now they're realizing that the good times might be dried up and are drying up. Now they got to scale back. So ultimately in this whole scenario, like FTX was the first kind of puzzle piece to drop or domino to fall. I wonder if there's more things to come. Well, no, Luna was before. Luna was a crash. I guess like that's. Luna is a similar kind of situation. Again, it's in the crypto space. It's tied to an, an, uh, an individual. So it's like, it has a lot of similarities. Again, I don't know the story with Luna and how like, basically that story is kind of like he thought he was untouchable and his coin was untouchable. It turns out it fucking wasn't. Someone bet against it and fucking destroyed they the coin. Sh- yeah, they, they put in like a, um, so, uh, they shorted it. But it's yeah. a little different though. It's I think like they didn't, they, they yeah. didn't, Luna didn't go name an arena yeah. and you know. But it was like, like that big, the big fucking thing in crypto. It was the hottest thing in crypto besides Bitcoin for the last year, probably. Yeah, I guess I'm talking more from like a company perspective and like in these and these companies that that grew really fast and were like praised by the Do media. Do you have any money in cryptos? Uh, I have a bit. Yeah, I, same kind of thing. I felt back. Felt like the emotional kind of aspect of it when DB and all you guys were talking about, oh, I have Luna. It's it's gone up ten thousand percent. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And I personally was never about it. You know, call me old fashioned, but I was in the camp of like the Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett where they said that it's like stupid, it's useless, it has no value. And everyone called these guys, not, they call them old geriatrics. Peter Thiel, one of the most like famous guys to come out of Silicon Valley, called Charlie Munger like a geriatric who's not with like who's trying to stop innovation. Sure enough, the guys who have been around for as long as time were right in the end. And like it turns out a lot of this stuff is starting to come to like come to light that a lot of these things were bullshit and they're fabricated and, and hyped up by media and investors or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I, that's one thing I want to see what comes out in the next the next kind of few months because if we are in for a recession, it like my guess, this is not based on deep knowledge, is that it might be insulated to a lot of these like hot growth tech companies, kind of like what happened in 99. You know, it's like there was a, they kind of like the the markets. You think it's just going to be the tech industry that gets hit hard or you think it'll be? I think tech will get hit the hardest for sure. I think it's getting hit the hardest. Because well, you like you think like the marijuana industry or like the cannabis industry, that's also another fast growing industry of recent years. That kind of already had its like the thing though. It was a kind of, that was more, I would say a fad. I don't, again, don't know enough about it, but like I remember when it, maybe it was 2013, 14, 15, when like text, uh, marijuana stocks were like, you know, buy Aurora cannabis, buy yeah. this, that, whatever. And they kind of, those boomed and busted, I think, pretty quickly. I don't know what the current state of them, but like tech companies, like all these companies that rush to go public, like you can look at them, like Robinhood. Robinhood was a, was a, was a meme company that, that blew it's up because one, something, yeah. and it's worth, it's worth what today? Like one, one, or it lost, I think maybe eighty percent of its value. Not only that, Sam Bankman-Fried owns nine percent of that company. Well, I got I got my ass whipped on, uh, on no, actually no, I never had uh, Robinhood. I had Aurora though. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah, I just it's um, I guess why I'm bringing this all up, and I, and and apologies to anybody listening if my thoughts are not cohesive and, and tied together well. But one of the reasons was I've been thinking a lot about cast lately. 
like for a multitude of reasons, some things I don't want to share publicly because um, like you know some information we've kind of come to light recently that's just kind of like annoying, let's say. Um, but I've been like thinking about it a lot, not from the perspective of you know did we like like was the failure was it not dwelling on it like being upset about the failure, but you know you see a lot of things in hindsight. It's like did we do this right? Well, we probably could have done this better. And then, well, you know, everyone was raising money. Why couldn't we raise money? And then you see like, oh, well, in the end, would it have materialized any differently or would it have fallen the same fate? Just like really reflecting on like a postmortem, but I've been doing a lot more lately. Um, Yeah, and it's just been like a lot of these things that I've seen that I'm following the tech world still seeing all this stuff kind of unfold. And uh, anyways, I don't really know. The only time I still think about cast is when I like, I'll, I'll have a thought or a question I want to ask. And again, where am I going to ask it? Usually you turn to social media. I'll, I would go to Instagram. I don't even ask it anymore. I was like, fuck it. No one's going to answer, honestly, anyway. So fuck it. I'm not even going to ask. Like, uh, it kind of goes on those things that I was mentioning offline about, like, you know, the, the teacher in Oakville with the prosthetic breast. I wanted to, I wanted to ask a question. I'm like, do you like... When you say prosthetic, are they fake or yeah, pros- like, but like implants? No, they're not implants. They're not implants. They're like fake tits that he wears. Correct? They're not Wait, what fake is, boobs. What is They're this? prosthetic. So, you know, like a prosthetic leg? Yeah. Boobs. He just puts on like a, a bra and it's like... Like a massive... Yeah, filled bra, I guess. <laughs> Why? Oh, is he doing it to prove a point? So, I heard... That was one rumor that he's doing it to... Apparently, he's a conservative and he's doing it to prove a point. But then, when like the cons- a bunch of conservatives this. came in there to like... A bunch of uh, conservative protesters came to the school, they were like against each other. So, I don't really get it. Anyways... But yeah, like there's times where I want to ask questions. And like the fact that we didn't, we don't have cast anymore. I feel like it stopped my, it's curbed my curiosity in a lot of senses. I think we had the like, right, like, fuck it. I think we had the right intent. The idea was there and we had the right intention. I think that, um, I was just way late. I don't even know if we were, I don't know. Well, yeah, we were definitely late because social media, the social media wave happened like we were late to that and we couldn't get the network effects as easily as other platforms did. Like how these, all these companies have once one time or another piggybacked off the, off the, uh, the networks of the, their predecessor <clears throat> to its scale. But I still think the idea could have been an execution. It's just like it, I don't know. I think a lot about it. There is one adage that, that kind of stuck with me. Remember like a lot of VC, not a lot of VCs, but a lot of, like, there's a lot of literature on like the people that are best suited to start startups are like technical people. And I always think about that. I'm like, we had the right idea. The app was clearly like, you, we, we did a great job designing it, building it, having it done and all that stuff. But the thing is, when you think about it, like we were the founders, but we were not technical founders. So we cared to the nth degree and wanted to see it succeed. But then our team, nothing against them, but like where they as invested in the idea. And when you like, it's hard, right? Because when you start something, if you're not able to like talk the talk and, and really be the one to like, to, um, if you're not, if you're the one building something, but sorry, if you have an idea, but you're not capable of building it, then you're really, even if somebody has equity, they're still like working for you because they really have to be bought into the idea. And I think that's a, that was an obstacle of ours that in hindsight, like, you know, um, having the person lead the technical aspect, like really needs to buy into the idea and all that stuff. So anyways, it's, uh, yeah, I don't. Know, my, my, I'm kind of all over the place with my thoughts today, but seeing this stuff now and these, you know, these big tech companies taking write downs, and, and there's probably a lot of them that are going to go. I think even more to come. They're going to go bust. Maybe not necessarily the big, big ones like FTX was massive, but there's going to be a lot of ones that you know are in the ten, hundred, two hundred million dollar range, which is objectively a big company, but they don't make money. That are going to have a tough time raising, and they're burning too fast, and they're going to go 
bust and a lot of these a lot of these like VC firms I think are gonna have to write down a lot of their portfolios the way that like public investment people uh, people investing in the public space will have to do and I just like now it's like what is what do next the next 12 months look like in North America in the world kind of thing with like the markets and is there a recession and are is it are the startups like are a lot of startups gonna go bust but then the flip side some of the best and most successful startups right now that are now massive growth companies came out of the last recession in, in 08. Uh, Airbnb, I think Uber, like oh, Uber's one thing. Anyways, I'm kind of all over the place with this thought. George, you got a lot of thoughts today, man. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> like, fuck, I'm just listening. I'm like, this is a George show today. Anyways, I'll kind of stop with these ideas because they're not fully formulated. One of the beauties of having this is our podcast is we can talk and it doesn't have to make any sense at all. And especially when there's no sponsors either. <laughs> we can literally talk about whatever we want. I honestly don't even know if my thoughts came across like what I'm trying to intend to say, but. Well, here's something really funny. Sure. At the beginning, when you guys said FTX, I thought you were talking about FedEx. Because a bunch of things just came out in the news today that they're dropping 4,500 employees right before Christmas. Really? Like a large amount of employees. FedEx, FedEx is like cutting drivers. So all their stock went down too. So then when you were saying all those different things, I was like, and then I realized. Well, that's like, uh, like so stock to buy. When you asked me, well, that's a, that's a, I don't know if that's Gamers Files. That might just be stupidity. But like, know, FedEx is FedEx. Well, hang like on. FedEx. But that's also see when you ask me, are they the is the recession like will be will be limited to like tech? Not necessarily because there's like follow on effects, right? Like unintended consequences. Companies that are like you know FedEx and UPS, Canada Post, all these people that during the boom of 2020, 2020 2021, where everyone thought the world was moving to e-commerce. Which I thought was interesting that so many tech companies thought that that's the new normal now. Like that is crazy to think that that like everyone's going to shift their habits in a span of twelve months. That doesn't that doesn't happen. People don't just change that fast on mass. But like when that e-commerce boom happened, they Shopify, Amazon, all these companies that are e-com spent a ton, like a ton of money and capital to build up the infrastructure for their warehousing, for their, like for their delivery, all that kind of stuff. And all of them already had shut that down. Amazon shut down a bunch of projects of building, like they're building warehouses, like millions worth of warehouses. They shut down like 10 of them in Canada alone, I think. They just either abandoned them or put them on hold. The the CEO of, of Shopify, I'm pretty sure. You can go on, Google it right now. Look up Amazon warehouses, uh, or where Amazon warehouse construction paused or something. You'll see a bunch of yellow dots on a screen. Um, Shopify stopped new construction projects, but like things I, that were not built yet. That like they were in oh, the yeah. pipeline. They've stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. They haven't just like torn down or yeah, like abandoned that's, them. That's because of steel and wood and all like construction costs. I think there's a there's a, a bunch maybe. of factors. They don't. Maybe. They they were building for scale to handle e-commerce. Go ahead, Danielle. No, in the first quarter of the year, Amazon reported a three point eight four billion financial loss. But look and up. They stopped construction in eighteen warehouses in a tw- in 12 different states so that's eight probably and over 18 million over square feet the close to 40 closures yeah that was, like, well, okay. that was q1 that's think about that's 12 months that's like a, ten, yeah. yeah 10 months ago yeah. yeah so it probably even got a little bit worse in the middle but um even shopify like toby i think it's toby lukey is the ceo he came out and said that he miscalculated and like their stock took a beating earlier this year because they miscalculated the demand for e-commerce once they started to open up so, anyways, the point is like about FedEx and UPS and all these companies is that, like, we serve, we provide service to some of these companies in their in their warehouses, and like, we saw this massive boom. Like, it was 
we clean offices and people were leaving the office, but like these, these logistics and shipping sites were just like going through the roof. We couldn't keep up with demand. They probably couldn't, they were probably worse off than us because they're trying to hire and all that stuff. But then when e-commerce and purchasing and all that stuff slows down, then you have all this infrastructure that you have to like take back. So like FedEx probably was one of the same things. They probably just overcalculate, not overcalculated, but you're trying to keep up with demand. And then when demand slows, you got to get rid of that. So Again, to point of like recession, I don't know if like logistics can have a recession, but they're going to face the consequences too of like these massive companies laying people off. It's interesting because you think about probably one of the busiest time for shipping is Christmas. Yeah. Well, Alibaba also just had like their like one of their biggest days of the year, Singles Day, 11 11. I don't know yeah. why they. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, November 11th. Uh, yeah. November 11th. They call it Singles Day. Is it because National of, like, International Singles Day? I talked about this yesterday. That's a great, I didn't ever realize on 11, 11, it's all ones. That's actually very smart. Like branding, like on point, but they are saying that the demand they think is plateaued there. And they were like another, they're like the Amazon of thing. Well, they say black Friday is the biggest uh, shopping day of the year. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Sorry, like that's this. in North America. I don't know if Black Friday is a probably, thing. Probably globally, I would imagine. Uh, well, no, because Thanksgiving's different. Yeah, but the Black Friday sales are still Black Friday sales globally. So like if, uh, if someone in London wants to buy something on Amazon on that day, Black Friday is that day. Oh, it's, I, I'm assuming so. Yeah, it's not Black Friday. It's like a day of the year, not dependent. Like it's not the first day before Thanksgiving. It's the day after Thanksgiving. U.S. Thanksgiving. Yeah. But that's the same day globally. It's like the day after U.S. Thanksgiving. It is not like the day after Canada Thanksgiving, the day after London Thanksgiving. Yeah, but we didn't have Black Friday sales in, in Canada until probably like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, maybe. But now it that the world like, is all online, like it's... The, you know what I mean? Like we have Boxing Day. A lot of places don't have Boxing Day. I think Black Friday, I would assume... I'm not going to assume. Danny, why don't you just Google it? Is Black, Black Friday, Friday a thing like, worldwide? Yeah, or is like, it just a North America thing? Anybody who's asked to Amazon Prime probably gets Black Friday sales worldwide and Cyber Monday too. This will be a big telling, I think, in the next, when Black Friday and Cyber Monday happen. Cyber Monday, I think, was invented by Amazon, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. It's basically everywhere in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like people have just like, obviously just joined in because everything can be shipped around the world exactly. now. But uh, an article just came out two hours ago and you guys are going to find this interesting. Amazon is set to lay off about 10,000 employees. Most ever. Meta, 11,000. Yeah. Redfin. Google's cutting back too. Like a bunch of 13% staff layoffs. Salesforce. I heard about Salesforce. Stripe. Yeah, all these big tech companies that, that just hired, hired, FedEx hired. and all of them. Yeah, Amazon too. Yeah. Wow. Because listen, like the last like five years, money was free. Like that, that people are going to say, well, how's money free? Money, like to borrow money was like li honestly free. Especially that when you're getting money from, you know, if you're a tech company, you're raising money or a startup, you're raising money easily. If you're a company that wants to finance stuff, you can raise it easily. People are buying your stock, so they're just giving you more investor capital. This next, like I think that like next month, the, the next 12 months, we'll see if like where the, I think the world is because if, if Black Friday and Cyber Monday kind of like they don't, they don't break sales record wise, they're going to see it as like flat or decline. The investors might say, well, okay, that's weird. Like people aren't spending money. That might be a bad sign, but again, I'm no, I'm no economist. Just, just telling y'all some of my crazy ideas today. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was pretty good at staying in the realm of like, whatever business, <laughs> business. Completely opposite of what we said we were going to talk about today. Well, we didn't really have a like a no. The only thing I wanted to talk about was bad Christmas movies because we watched a shit one last night. That was it. Did you watch it with Becca? What movie? Uh, Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan. She was on earlier. I they left. Oh my mom watching this. Is that new? Yeah. yeah. It's so, like number one on Netflix too. She, goes, hey, she looks healthier. I was like, I, we saw her. She looks amazing. We saw her in Megan also. She looked like okay, a twig. I didn't believe Ricky. We, that part, we met her. Yeah, we met her. We were supposed to be on her show. Did I not say that exact same thing? Yeah. 
Danny's like, no, you didn't. I was like, GB2 oh, was like, I'll sign that waiver in a second. Yeah. But you weren't on the show. We weren't yeah. end up. We didn't end up being. We didn't, on end, we didn't end up going out because they went to like a bar that we didn't want to we go. We went to, to we... Lohan Beach Club. Um, I we, I'd never been there that summer, and there was the three of us. We went there because we're like, oh, it's we can get a cheaper day bed. We don't want to spend a lot of money that day, so we went. And uh, yeah, we had this like like a uh, circular like a cabana, cabana type yeah. bed, a small one. Or drinking, and the one next was empty. And then like camera crew start coming in. What the hell. And they're like, oh, just so you guys know, like they're gonna be filming their show here, whatever. And uh, yeah, they were like next to us, and then they were they came over about a shot. So they asked if we want to go drink with them. I said sure. So we're having shots. Like, do you mind signing like a release because you're gonna you might be in the show? We're like, all right, cool, whatever. And they were inviting us out after that. Like, we're gonna go back to the villa, have a party, and then go here if you guys want to meet us. But we didn't go in. You fucked up. No, I don't want to be on that show. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Really. Lindsay Lohan looked good though. I said it to Danny and Maz last night. I was like, she actually looks really good. But the movie sucked. It was so bad. Yeah, it was also typical. You fell asleep for the whole thing, but you watched it. But I've already watched it. You know what's so funny? Someone asked me, he's like, oh, how was your weekend? Like, what'd you do last night? I was like, oh, I watched this like really shitty Christmas movie. She's like, literally said, is it that new Lindsay Lohan one? Don't watch it if you haven't. I was like, you fucking got it. Is that bad? It's It's bad, but it's like a cheesy Christmas movie. It's just going to get a- There's cheesy Christmas movies and there's bad Christmas movies. Yeah, but they're all like, I personally don't love all the Netflix Christmas movies that come out. I love Christmas movies. The Netflix ones just to me are the worst things that Netflix Netflix produces versus the other shows. Hallmark Christmas movies are cheesy, but you'll watch them. They're cute. Is that Idris Elba? The acting wasn't even good. I I don't know. The acting wasn't even good on it. No. Tad. Oh, you guys want to watch a movie? It's not even that good. It's like a scary movie, but it's it's kind of like it's kind of freaky a little bit. What is it? It's called Barbarian. No, on, I heard about it. On Was Disney, on Disney Plus, it? it's with um you know the guy who plays it um Skarsgård. Who's the kid? Young Skarsgård, not Stellan. Stellan's the dad. There's like three Skarsgårds. One of them's in Succession. He's in Succession. You know the most recent season. The guy who's the tech guy. Who's in that? Is that Lee Como? Haven't seen the most recent season. Okay, so Stellan is the dad, and then there's like. Then you find it, the Skarsgård family. Who played it? Something Skarsgård, Brian Skarsgård or something. I don't know. Um, anyways, it's a scary, it's a horror movie. And it's like a pretty, like it's a good premise. And it, I think it could have been way, way scarier. Um, it gets kind of like a little gory and cheesy at the end. But anyways, watch it. It's Have you guys watched uh, The Watcher? Yeah. I heard it's good. You've seen it? Man, I loved it. I thought it was really good, but a lot of people said they didn't like it. I thought it was really cool. It's a very cool concept. It could have been, again, it could have been scary, but it's based on a true story. Bill. Bill Skarsgård. He's the youngest? No. He played It. He played It. Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, okay. So anyways, he's in It. I feel like Bill's an old person name. Yeah. Bill is William. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, there's people who are actually Bill. Bill. He's your age. Yeah. He's a good actor. I like him. Well, who's uh, your favorite actor? Who's my favorite actor? That is a very tough question. Um, favorite, I don't know. Let me think. Because it also changes from time to time, right? Like there's my actors actor and growing actresses up, like go on like streaks. My right? favorite actor growing up was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? My, I thought he was the coolest guy. Command the movie Commando. You ever seen it? Uh, I don't think so. The movie Commando was my favorite movie growing up. I'll still watch it like religiously. Um, my favorite actor. Oh, I think maybe Denzel Washington. Denzel was cool. I think he's so cool. I was watching a, uh, I was watching YouTube Shorts and I was scrolling through and there was a clip of him with his wife, which I've actually never seen his wife. Like I, I kind of I think I knew he was married, but I never never seen her in any interviews anything. And they tell a story about how Denzel Washington, um, on their first date like 38 years ago or something, they were taking a taxi home uh, from the date 
or to the date, one or the other. And uh, he was watching the meter go up because he didn't have that much money. He only had like, you know, 10 bucks, let's call it his name. And he saw it go past. Then when they got out, he goes, by the way, I got, you know, do you mind getting this? I don't have enough money. And then he said that was the last time that his wife had to pay because from that point on, like, he's now worth like 200 and. Fifty million dollars or something like that. Factors. So as the, she said, that's the first. That's the first time she's ever had to pay, and the last time I think she's ever had to pay or something like since then or whatever. But who's your favorite actor? Growing up, it was uh, probably Stallone, Pacino, and De Niro. Oh yeah, because like some of those like good. just classic movies like between Rocky and you know uh, Godfather, like you know those movies. Yeah, yeah. So you fall in love with those guys. Uh, right now, I don't know who it would be. There's no one that really. Oh. Like, oh, that actor's in. It. I got to see that movie. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anybody specifically. Danny, who's your favorite actor? Something stupid? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Honestly, I just don't care for like. I don't know. I. I was. I, I don't care for movies, but I do like some movies. But like, I just like I can't. I get so bored of watching movies now. There's a lot of movies like I wouldn't like. I would rather watch it for the movie than the actual actor itself, and then it makes me like kind of like like and appreciate the actor afterwards. You know who I don't like. I'm not a fan. Actually, don't say don't like that. I'm not a fan of The Rock. Okay. You know what's funny? I just looked at this random article. And it like says the most one. popular actresses and actors of all time. Guess who's number one on, on this list? Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. Oh. The Rock. Betty White. Betty White. Oh, she's, well, she's nice. She's been around for like 70 years. Well, oh. She passed away. But Oh, did she? Yeah, she did. Oh. Um, you know what? You know what female actor I like? If actress is two. Are you going to go? Go ahead. I was going to say Selma Hayek and Penelope Cruz I like a lot. Holy fuck. I was thinking the exact same. <laughs> I saw her, a clip of her talking in an interview the other day. I you were going to say Sandra Bullock. No. I, I do kind of like Sandra Bullock. Like Penelope she's cool. Cruz and you Selma were about to say an S and I just thought you were going to say that. Like- no, I really like I really like them. Penelope Cruz I like in the movie like Savages. Blow? And Blow, she's good, yeah. Selma Hayek, I don't even know what movie she's in. I just think she's cool. I find, you know what's interesting? Selma Hayek kind of reminds me of your mom with the way she like, kind of like yeah, talks and everything. Yeah. You know I named my pet chinchilla after Penelope Cruz. Penelope? Um, so my funny. dad has a Penelope Cruz calendar that he took apart and framed it in our movie room in the basement. It's just 13 Penelope Cruz pictures. And a big bikinis? <laughs> no, like kind of like a Moulin Rouge type outfit. Okay. What yeah. were you going to say when I cut you off there? Nothing. Oh. Okay, ready? Favorite movie, go. Probably Casino. Casino? I can think of at least right now. My favorite movie is Fired Up, and everyone should go watch it. Fired Up? It's a stupid cheerleading movie. Oh, I think But I it's know. actually like my favorite movie. It'll make you laugh. Okay, wait. It's great, okay, amazing. It's not a good movie, yeah, but I absolutely love you it. Suck. What about you? No, Rick. watch it. Mine's Some Dog Millionaire. Easy. I haven't seen that in so oh. long. I've, I've watched it once, never watched it again. <clears throat> Do you know what it is for me? It was like it just blew my mind the first time I watched it. How everything connected, all the stories. I thought the act, the actors and actresses were great. I remember my brother telling me, it's like, it's about Indian who wants to be a millionaire. And I'm like, why would this be, why did this win all these awards? Like, how how can that be good? Yeah. Because I'm thinking like Regis Film and just Indian, right? Like, <laughs> trash ass TV show. Yeah, yeah. And then, fuck, it was amazing. Actually, wanna, on that note, you remember the first guy to ever win who wants to be a millionaire? I do not. You haven't seen the clip? No. That's, it's on YouTube shorts for sure. Uh, so the guy, he gets a little bit. Dude, everything is on YouTube. Like yeah. that's a, like, so it's, gonna... the last, it's the last question and he's like, uh, and he didn't use any of his helplines or lifelines. Yeah. So he goes, I read just, I'd like to uh, phone a friend. So he phones a friend and I guess it's his wife or his dad or something. He goes, yeah, I don't really need your help. I just want to let you know I'm about to be a millionaire. Something like that. Come Fucking on. heavy duty. <laughs> uh, I want to go back to the point with The Rock. You know why I don't, I'm not crazy about The Rock? Number one is- Wait, let it, me guess. Okay. Because he's not a good actor. 
I don't know if it's like I I'd never really pay attention to like and like rate his acting skills. Um, his movies are just like obviously like just they're like the they're not even like they're just so over the top. Like back in the day when Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone were like action stars, it still seemed kind of realistic. Like let's use Commando for example. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a former army ranger living in the mountains peacefully. His daughter gets kidnapped by a, his ex-partner who wants to, uh, you know, get back at him and he's got to basically go strap up and he robs a, like an ammo depot and goes and kills everyone to get his daughter. That could happen. Could that not happen? If it somebody could, it could. Yeah, think okay. about like okay, agreed. Think about like like the I don't I don't know him well, but like someone like like Jocko Willink, whoever the guy is, the Army Ranger guy. Imagine he had a daughter, or someone like like you could see someone losing it and trying to get their daughter back. That's fair. The Rock is jumping out of skyscrapers with one leg on, and like saving his family while the cities implode. All these things, like they just it's yeah, so. What, what movie is that? Skyscraper. Oh, never seen that one. <laughs> it's so over the top. He's like a security guard and like. I mean, just if you think about any one of his movies, go to the Fast and the Furious. Now, I think they kind of do it on purpose. Like it's gotten so to the, the point. last Fast and Furious, they went to space. Right. I think it's gotten the so car. exaggerated that it's almost like comical and people like lean into it. But so his movies are so over the top. Like they're just, they're just ridiculous. But not only that, like when I watch him in interviews after, when you see him in interviews off cam or like um, off screen, but talking, he doesn't come across as genuine. He actually comes across very, like, it, it seems fake. You can just listen to how he laughs, or when you see him doing his, like, you know, those meals that he eats and he's talking about it and, like, laughs in the background, it comes across really, really disingenuous. I don't know why it always bugs me. And I realized it also recently when he laughs, why it comes across, I suspect, is fake because there was an interview that I came across, honestly, uh, sorry, coincidentally came across on my uh, YouTube shorts. With Kevin Hart, and Kevin Hart said something that I think he didn't expect, and he genuinely laughed. It seemed like he was laughing, and I and I thought to myself, "Oh, this is not how he laughs when he's doing his talking head stuff or trying to hype something up." That's my TED talk on The Rock, and I'm not a big fan. You know what's funny? Even just like typing in, like I just typed in, "Is The Rock nice?" Like what people think about The Rock, and everyone says, like almost all these articles says, a big reason why he's such a well-liked character comes down to his charisma and authenticity. Really? I love The Rock. See, I'm just throwing that out there. Rock, love you. Dwayne, buddy, pal. Nothing. Uh, I basically met him with 20,000 other people at the Leaf game. <laughs> you did not meet him. <laughs> I, yeah, We're just, in the same yeah, place at the same time. <laughs> I, I, anyways, that's my thoughts. <laughs> and on there's an article that says Dwayne Johnson reveals he was becoming a jerk and had to make the decision to become a nice guy again. When would that come out? September 15, 2022. That's fair because I got I have not been on social media since September, so my recollection of him was pre-September. There you go. My assumption was pretty accurate. He said it himself. See the rock? Uh, look, hey Mr. Rock, if you want to come and talk about it on this podcast, I will happily hear you out. My 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 feelings was based on pre-September 1st because when I got back, I pretty much got rid of my social media. And I guess I was correct in that assumption in that he was not a nice guy not genuine what do you know <laughs> i'm pretty good at reading people what can i say <laughs> you know um yeah <laughs> i just have a question what's a movie like does not even be a favorite movie but what's a movie you could put on and watch like over and over again like if you had to watch it a couple times the office. that's it i was just gonna say the that's a tv show i'm asking about a movie probably dumb and dumber is one <gasps> i can't do that either 
Um, I put on I put on uh, Endgame and Infinity War the other day, and I watched both of them back to back. And I forgot that I like how much I really enjoyed Marvel movies, like the the. Um, but I feel like you also don't really watch watch movies because you're always like re- either reading or you're like on no, I work. I, I take my I take my laptop yeah. on my couch and work. That's what I mean. So you're not actually watching watching. You're yeah. just kind Marvel of like, you Endgame. To, I, I did watch. I was watching yeah. them again. You have to put something on the background or like while you're doing stuff. Star Wars, just, I like just nonstop. Like yeah, let's say Star like Wars. every single week, it was the same thing that I played. could watch. Like the same one movie. I mean, I can watch the whole Star Wars series from start sure. to finish over and over. Yeah. I think like I think The Departed, Casino, those kind of movies. Are I was gonna say like any of the Oceans movie for me. Oh, could, you know what, I, Danny? Like, that's a good one. I absolutely love those movies. And it doesn't matter which one. If someone was like, "Hey, let's put this on," and we didn't know what to watch, a hundred percent, I'd say yes. Even if you I watched what, yeah. it, Oceans or yeah, ago. that's a that's, that's a very a, good that's point. That's a fucking great hot take. That's a great point. You guys should watch those movies nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. And they're all good because there's like an actual storyline. The acting is good. It's got cheeky comedy. What did I watch? What did I watch recently? With I watched Pitt? Ocean's Eleven recently. I've no, which wa- one's the one in Vegas? They're all in Vegas, right? Uh, no, one of them's. So Ocean's Thirteen's with the women. Hold on, what? Are no, twelve. Twelve. Ocean, Ocean's Eight is with the women. Is there a nine and ten? Yeah, Ocean 11, 12, 13. Eight's the, w- eight's the women. Yeah, eight's the women. It goes 11, 12, 13, eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. What's a, Nate, what's a recent movie with Brad Pitt? I watched one. Re- like the, Once the, Upon a Time in California. No, the other day I watched, and I can't even remember it now. It was a pretty recent movie. Also, you know what? I actually take back what I said my favorite actor. I think Brad Pitt's my favorite actor. I think he's so cool. I actually, uh, like, I, I've heard stories about him. Actually, someone told me one recently when they met him. Um, during TIFF, it was it was I can't show the actual story, but it was not at TIFF. It was like it, it, during his arrival, and he told me a story about him, and he just like I'm like that someone that seems really cool, that someone that seems like you can just like sit at a bar with and have a drink, and he would be cool. That's fair. Did you watch Bullet Train? No. The Lost City. Uh, Lost City is funny with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum. I didn't watch funny. it. I heard it's funny. It's on every single flight if you're traveling right now in Air Canada, but I still haven't Bullet- watched it. Oh, that, I watched. Uh, it. I think that's like where the I watched Lost it. City. What's another one? Brad Pitt. Keep going. Um, Ad Astra. No, I heard that was bad. Once Upon a Time, The Big Short. The Big Short. No. Oh, that's old though. Uh, sorry, yeah. I watched Big Short yesterday. That movie is probably one that I okay. can watch. Amazing actors in it. Have you not yeah. seen Big Short, Danny? No. Becca didn't either. It's so good. I feel like... Lo- I'm not you know what? That's, in a, that's interesting. That kind of brings it all back to the beginning of this, this conversation. The Big Short is about people being... The recession. Oh no! You know what? Wait, what's the worst the example? Thing? Sorry, this just reminded me. The thing I said that about All In that they compared um, Enron uh, FTX to Enron. It wasn't uh, Bernie Madoff. It was the Solomon Brothers, I think, which is the bank. That uh, not that that matters, but anyways, um, The Big Short's a great movie. I actually the so the book that's at, that that's based on is actually my favorite author, Michael Lewis. That's the book I recommended to you on doing project. Yeah, yeah. So Michael Lewis is, has, is probably my favorite like author because he writes kind of like, not biographies. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like bio, whatever. Historic. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Counts events. Um, I remember reading that book when I was actually, I think I was in Greece and I got it and I read it. It was like blew my mind. Then when the big short came out, I thought it was such a well, it was shot so cool. Like it feels very. The book or the movie? The movie. The movie shot very, very well. I think it's so cool. Like this, you know how they loop in, um, you know, Char- uh, what's her name, the girl, Margot Robbie, like explaining what this is in a bathtub, and like then you have Richard Taylor and Selena Gomez explaining the, what a synthetic CDO is and stuff like that, and um, anyways, really, really good one. 
That was a good movie. Yeah. But also, Brad Pitt's done so many good movies. Too. Brad Pitt is on. I think he's so cool. Do you know what I was actually going to say? And I stopped myself, but I'm going to say it anyways. I feel like a lot of. This might be a general assumption, but I feel like a lot of the women in my life haven't seen a lot of amazing movies. Like, Goodfellas and Godfather are two of my favorite movies. And a lot of women in my life have never seen those movies. Have you seen them, Danny? I have. Both been on a long time. Yes. I haven't seen. I didn't see Goodfellas until like a year ago. Goodfellas is. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's really like good. It's, again, if you haven't, mind you, maybe it's just because they're like mafia movies. Maybe a lot of women in my life don't care about mafia movies. But for, uh, mafia movies and war movies are like two of my favorite genres. Joe Pesci is that a casino man? Joe Pesci is unbelievable. Yeah, it's like old school. But even like you go to The Godfather, like Pacino. Just phenomenal. I don't, Even I don't, De Niro I, in number two. I don't think that's I've number two. It's like arguably my favorite. Movie. I don't no, think I've watched the Godfather them. series like start to finish. Really? I don't even think I remember any of them to be honest. So I used to watch those when I was younger with my nana. Oh, are they so, really good? So, yeah. Like, just number like, three. Number three is whatever. Like number three, uh, like you can go without doing. It. It's not the end of the world. Number one and two are just start to finish. You need like three. They're three hour long movies though, right? Everything about them is amazing. Really. Every, there's nothing I would change. Even the like, they they mix in enough Italian that it feels like an Italian movie, but you don't feel lost if you don't if you're not Italian. Um, it's just the story, how they explain everything, like the little ins and outs. Phenomenal movie, start to finish. Again, it's a similar to Goodfellas, it's just yeah, yeah, top yeah. notch movie. That might be my favorite genre, like like uh, mobster movies. Oh, war, I, war, and mobster, war and mobster. Yeah, Black Hawk Down's another oh, classic. Saving classic. Private Ryan. That one, I don't, I've seen it, but I don't remember it very well. Oh, you know which one I really love that was recent? Um, was it 1917? Yeah, I've seen it. The one where they it. shot it in Good? like five scenes? Yeah. I haven't seen that. IMAX or whatever. So the way it's shot is, it's, it's shot over, I think, five or six scenes. Danny, Google it. And it's just like like long takes. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what you it's have, called. That means you have to choreograph everything perfectly almost. Everything. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, like some takes are like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. no, more. I guess they're like 20 minutes long. It's. I remember at one point I'm watching, I'm like, how are they filming this? Because it's like the the cameras, like they're walking through yeah, a yeah. trench, and I'm like, okay, the camera needs to be mounted to something because it's not moving. It's so on I'm, uh, it's up top, right? Like I, I just don't know. No, it's no, no. What, what do you mean? If it's if it's at sight line, it's on a, a gimbal, basically, like a gimbal you would wear. So you ever see? What's I don't, I'm trying to think of an example. An extreme sports video, like someone <laughs> snowboarding. Well, the person following the snowboarder is probably on skis and they would have a camera like similar to what, what I have, let's say, but it would be on a gimbal. And what a gimbal is, is basically you could like, if it's bumpy, yeah, it stays still. it's weighted almost. I, some, I don't know the science behind it, but it stays still. Yeah. So if you move up and down, it still feels flat and level. So if you have, there's a, I think it's called a Ronin. If you're like in a trench and you're following somebody, he's probably wearing the pack on him. And he's walking and backwards. And he's walking backwards. Or because walking forward. Because often what happens to get that still shot is like, to my knowledge, it would be like a track. So there'd be someone on a car pulling backwards, but you would see the track and they'd walk exactly. on it. So he's there. Probably guess that. Well, what I thought was is maybe because you have a trench, so they have the. It's like, uh, like a boom. Basically, there's a wheel on each side, and then the camera drops down from the middle, and it obviously is like. It probably could happen. It could be that. That's what I thought. But at one point, then they go up the stairs, and the guy follows them. Up step is probably wearing a gimbal on him. But then it's like it's a person. Like the person walking, you're probably walking forwards and the gimbal's behind you on your back. No, I think you're probably walking backwards because you'd want to see it in the shot. Yeah. That's what, it's it's just crazy. Because yeah, also, you know how many scenes it is? can you look up 1917 and see how the walking scenes were shot? You can probably look that up. It's, it's actually I got I got to watch a good movie tonight. It's basically, it, it says, I can tell you the camera they used. No, the I don't remember the camera. Tell us how it was shot. It 
And Danny, we need to move you so you I can make eye contact with you. I don't like this. Um, nineteen seventeen. Oh no! No, oh. it went from like they switched the camera Rick. at one point from like a, it's not actually done in one shot, but no, they made it the illusion to make it done in one shot. It, it's using single shot, like. Are you sure? Yes, I'm reading right now. It is appears as one long shot, yeah. but it's stitched together in a few. But it you, no, but I think it's like five long shots. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I know the whole movie's not one. Okay, take. here sometimes. Okay. They would switch okay, the, it from like the shoulder to different areas. Yeah, yeah, look here. The lightweight camera was often used on one of ARRI's advanced stabilizers that allowed the operator to, tr to track, boom, and move in all the rehearsed camera directions. Sometimes the 1917 cinematography team had to transfer the camera from a shoulder rig and hook it to a wire rig in one shot. The portability of the camera was key to achieving the one-take look. See all these pieces of equipment were necessary for Deacons and Mendes to capture the film scenes and one continuous take. While equipment was being locked in, Mendez and the film's acting leads had to focus on rigorous rehearsals to pulling off the one shot. Yeah. So it's took, crazy. Took four months of rehearsals. I'll think about like, it's, imagine a Super Bowl performance. That's what? 10 minutes? And they perform, They practiced for like a month. They, they did this. They rehearsed was four months for this. That's what literally George just said. Oh, I didn't hear But that. thanks for paying. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> um, you know yeah, what? Maybe I'll watch that tonight. That's what you watch tonight, George. Get a nice bowl of popcorn. Smart pop, and that's yeah. what you watch tonight. And while Danny watches, you know, fired up too. I think I gotta find a good movie tonight. Um, do you guys watch exams tonight? Do you guys watch Yellowstone? Yeah. No, but my mom was obsessed yesterday, and she didn't talk to anyone and didn't do anything because she was so obsessed. Why? She did because she was obsessed out? because she saw it and didn't want, it or didn't want to talk to anybody to give spoilers. She wanted to like watch it herself and like bask in it. She wore her Yellowstone T-shirt. She out like here. got Your so mom's excited. A legend. She loves season? it. Yeah, it just came out yesterday on Paramount Plus. You have to, you have to buy through it. Uh, it's a sub, sub subscription through Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so it's not on Prime anymore. No. Well, wow. No. Because yeah. I think Prime. Uh, this is definitely something you should look this up. I Prime Paramount Plus is newer, um, and it was created obviously by Paramount. But I believe that because they didn't have it before, their content was distributed across other platforms. But I think Prime was one of them, and now that. They have their own streaming platform. You can either subscribe there directly or subscribe under your Prime membership. Well, because um, Paramount Prime is also really big in the States. Paramount Prime? Prime. Paramount Plus, whatever. Is it? I, yeah. yeah, I don't know that. I know Warren Buffett invested in it, I believe. So you know it's I good. Know, I believe. <laughs> I believe. So you know it's good. Um, yeah, Yellowstone. So it's it, it starts kind of, when I first remember, I remember when I first got into it, it started a little bit slow for me. And then once it gets going, I feel like, Rick, you would love it. Like, I watched Yellowstone. Oh, you've seen I it? I haven't seen the new season. Oh, okay. So you've yeah, seen yeah. it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I think it's one of the best shows. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I watched it. I don't watch many shows, but the ones I do, that's why I like, uh, for me to watch a show now and actually get hooked, like I tried the Jeffrey Dahmer one, didn't get hooked. Yeah, same. I'll give uh, you have three episodes to get me hooked or everybody needs to be talking about like even Dahmer everybody was talking about that show so I did three episodes I liked it a day or two later still I didn't watch it boom I'm done that's the one thing I want to get better with because I I get bored of stuff so easily and I, unless I'm captivated I, I just can't pay attention to it problem is like after this I'm going to go home Becca and I are going to have dinner and we're going to put something on, try to get into it. And then it's going to be either going to like, it'll be amazing, which is hard because you've there's just everything out. You've basically seen most of the good stuff that people talk about, but then you put something on that's new and you're like, okay, let's get into this. It's going to be good. And it's not good. And you just waste time sitting there watching this fuck, pardon my language, the show. Um, 
And I just find after that, I'm like, why did I do that? I could have sat there and did more work, read, you know. I don't know. My, my problem is, is I don't have like consistent people to watch movies or TV shows with. Anyway. So like my, my mom and dad are the only people like I actually consistently watch movies with. The problem is I'm never home. And then they're never like my mom's in Florida like a third of the year. Then sometimes you need to get all three of us, but then I don't go to their house for a week straight and they're sitting at home and they want to watch it because it's a new show. And then I won't watch alone. And then there are two episodes ahead of me and that they don't want to rewatch and then boom, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And then I start a show here and then I'm not here for another. I was just going to say, bringing it all back, you don't sit here by yourself so you wouldn't watch a show here anyways. I literally, I'm, I'm by myself waking hours. I'm in this condo. Like I'm talking like not getting ready, not showering. I'm here maybe seven hours a week max that's at the studio this place is a waste of money too let's get rid of this place no, because i sleep here <laughs> i'm kidding i'm and like kidding. i pre-drink here i date here basically the same as a studio if the studio had a bed it'd be the <laughs> exact same. a shower i could just live there oh, you, I don't shower at the gym, you honestly don't honest. need a kitchen it would have been perfect no i still need a kitchen uh, no honestly, i really don't <laughs> i really liked having this the studio was a cool studio we gotta drop it in the meantime, oh, that is what it is. We we've come to a realization. Um, I did have one. Damn, I had one last thing I wanted to ask. It just came to my head too, and now I forget. Uh, we're talking about Yellowstone. Studio not no. being home. No, no, no. Not Yellow watching Stone. TV shows. Watching TV shows with oh, people. Oh. Would Would you two ever? This is a question for both of you, individually or together. Would you ever be interested in climbing a mountain? We talked about this last episode. I know, but like, did we, did we talk about it? I don't I'm trying to remember, bit. but Becca yeah. and I talked about it after we left. And we said it'd be really fun for the four of us to climb a mountain. 100%. I won't do it in the next couple of years. <laughs> it's just like out of all the vacation days I'm going to take, is that really what I want to waste my To be honest, my next two years are strictly vacations for basically weddings. So For basically what? what? Weddings. Weddings? Wait, how many weddings that are not you here. Away. I have one next year, one the year after. So you want to take two vacations in the next two years? No, but like if I'm going to Europe, I'm going for an extended period amount of time, and then my other vacation days are going to be spent for like weekend things. Yeah, that's fair. Like how many? I don't. I don't have five week vacation. I mean, Come work at Impact. You get Fridays off. <laughs> okay, hire me. You get Kidding. Fridays I love my off, company. Like. <laughs> Lisa, Fab, I love you guys. I'm never leaving. <laughs> oh. No, but I get 14 days. Plus, you don't have, you don't work Fridays. I do. You do in you January. Right now, it's just because of school. Oh. As soon as January hits, I'm five days. Oh, I didn't know that. I like I, I physically have chosen to not get paid on Fridays right now because I need time for school. Oh, good for you. Well, it's not good. It absolutely sucks. I'm not getting paid, but again, it's I need time. I, like I want to pass. That's why. You know, Danny just hung over every Friday. <laughs> That's a lie. I'm kidding. Gosh. <laughs> I'm over exaggerating like you do. Um, You've been like a huge over exaggeration. Ricky Maybe I need always, a break from you. Ricky always exaggerates. Like, I, I think I need a break. I told Becca about this the other day. Like Ricky with his all caps typing with ginormous, which is a word, sure. Really? But I think he's the worst texter in the world, and it actually gives me anxiety sometimes. Nah, Ricky. Like, some funny. days Ricky. he's like, okay, normal and funny over text. The other day it's like, yes, okay, cool. Oh, that's how I type. Well, some days though. I'm just busy. Some days I'm like, you're I'm not. You know what? You know what? Then you'll like call thing? me five seconds later and be like, hello, babes, and like you'll be all like funny and because happy, I'm but over text you know what? You know what? With Ricky, the hardest thing to interpret is like what mood he's in sometimes because the thing that I hate he does. He goes, yep, yep. Yeah. I hate that because oh. I'm like, is he mad? Like, I literally guys. just said that last week. He's like, I said, can you not say that anymore? Can you say like, cool. Or like, yeah, anything. sure. Anything. Yup, yup sounds like KK. And yeah. I hate that more than anything. Guys, I'm always in the best mood ever. Just imagine me being in the best mood at all times. Hold yeah. on. Or like, Hold when on. I say something funny and all you say is LMAO and no caps. I'm like, oh, is it? Like, I thought it was not, funny. Not true. You're not always in the best mood. Like you have days. Last week you were mad about something at work. 
You know you have moods. Yeah, you true. came here. You came to the studio just now. Like I'm so annoyed that I'm here. Yeah. Oh no, I'm so like, overall. I know you're an overall though. happy person. That's not I'm what I'm saying. Very happy person. Even when you're mad, you still find a way to be happy. But like, it's just like, you no, know, when you I'm, say when it, I'm like, in a mood, like, oh, I'll tell you. Annoyed. You guys will know I'm in a mood. You guys will. I don't know. have to tell anyone I'm in a mood. You guys know I'm in a mood. Hey, George is easy. George fucking. I'm in a mood most. Eighty percent. Most. You can. Most people have to ask me, "Are you in a good mood?" I'm actually very, very optimistic, and I know not, not. Yeah, I'm pretty generally optimistic and pretty happy as a person, but it's like an extreme. I'm like very happy, or I'm like just very annoyed. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know what? I was actually saying this the other day to my uh, my aunt. This year, like, is not even arguably. This year is hands down the best year of my life, and it started off on possibly one of the worst things of my life. You know what I mean? Like shutting down cast is like top five worst things of my life. And really? that's how we basically started the year. And this is no questions asked the best year of my life. That's one of the top five worst things of your life? Oh, yeah. Easy. Really? Are you kidding? You put that much sweat, blood, te- well, not blood, sweat and tears and money into something. Have you ever lost that amount of money in anything? Just the money part alone makes it one of the worst things of my life. Not to mention that we put like fucking put our lives on hold to do this like i try we traveled through the states eating fucking dollar dinners sleeping on a fucking mattress that isn't even as thick as this couch cushion i think it's like one not of the best sleeping. see you think it's one of the worst things one of the shutting best it down was one of the worst things to me yeah but even doing shutting it, it down doing it was, was amazing i loved it shutting it down is just like okay now it's, it's officially done it's over i it's like a breakup what well you still got your chicken cutlets on <laughs> i actually don't yeah i don't know if it was one of the worst things that happened to me Shutting it down? No. Oh. Oh, easy one. Of I mean, top n- five. Like, no, I think, I don't know. If you lost X amount of dollars in an investment, would you not think that was one of the worst things? If you lost what we lost in Amazon, let's say you invested in Amazon. No, because I think there's other things that I would, like, I, and I'm not someone who places blame on, on, uh, on anybody or makes excuses for any decision. Like every decision that I make in life, for the most part, even when I'm not in control of all variables, I still take ownership for my own decisions. Cast especially was like one of the ideas that like not saying it's my idea per se, but like it started with an idea I had and it got everyone fired up and got everyone on board. Um, I'm not gonna blame anybody but myself, especially because I'm CEO. Like, I'm not gonna blame anybody except myself for the for the quote unquote failure of it. Um, but I actually think shutting it down was one of the best decisions we made because I think at that point not decision like moments like you think yeah, it, was, it was a hard it was one of my hardest moments, but not one of my worst moments. You lost a lot of money. Yeah, a lot, a lot. So. Yeah. I, yeah, and you don't think that's one of the shittiest things that ever happened? No. Has my life has my life been materially changed by that losing that money? I don't know. You could have bought the home. You're thinking about could have, could have. But if I work hard enough, I'll probably get that home still. You Hopefully, still, still, yeah, hundred percent. I still have a roof over my head. I still have the clothes 100%. on my back. I still have my family, my friends. I've learned still a groove. lot of money though. It is, it is. But that's what I'm saying though. Like that's, I don't want it to come across like oh I have money to burn because like that put a it obviously put a massive dent in like my liquid. Um, yeah, in my, in my cash, I could have invested elsewhere. But the same time as though, it's easy to see that in hindsight. What if I had put that into, what if I invested that in, into Meta or Twilio or these other companies that I really liked at the time that also lost 80%? Yeah, I wouldn't have lost 100%. But on the other side, if it was in my TFSA, my RSP, whatever, I took that loss, I can't claim the losses. So now I can also claim the losses. I so know, then there's also the time and energy and effort, right? Imagine if you spent that time and effort into and at impact. I don't think it would have been the same. I think I, that's it's what, a little different, obviously, though. but that's why I'm weighing everything because like I can tell you, I, I've had conversations with people that I work with people that I work for people that have worked with me in the past. And 
they've said to me they they said oh I, you know i can see a change in you. you seem more energized here than ever before and i feel like i am because i also um what i took away from cast is i think that I realize that I can do anything you put your mind to. I mean, obviously that cast amongst other things. I realize I can do. I truly believe that if I want to do something, I can do it. I mean, I can't swim across the, the world, but also if I believe that I can, maybe I can. Um, but I think that to your point about I could have put the time into impact. I don't think it would have been the same quality of work. I think leaving and learning a very hard lesson um, was is invaluable. Sure, there's just try cheaper ways to learn that lesson. I could have gone and quit and worked for someone else. But then again, but if I'm working for somebody else, it would have been, uh, it would have been trying to climb the corporate world and working in a different way and trying to work, you know, to get somewhere. But it still wouldn't have been something that I th- or we tried to create, but that I had input into, that I put sweat equity into, that I had to, sh- you know, struggle to try and get off the ground. So yeah, I don't think it's one of the again. This is, everyone, you're entitled to your perspective. I don't think it's one of the worst things that ever happened to me. There's other things that are worse. That if I look back. There's not many things I would change in my life, but if I look back, there's things that I that I don't like that either what I did. Most things that I would change are things that I did in my past. Um, okay, so what are top three worst things in your life? That but see, like some things I, I don't like, I just, not that they're really bad, they're just more like personal things that oh, like, I didn't steal from my grandmother or anything like that that would be like frowned upon, but they're things that are, you know, like maybe sensitive issues yeah. a little bit. That, and I, I, and the other thing too is that they're also, I'll use an easy one. I think it. What looking back, one of the worst things too was kind of like just the way I maybe handled leaving Impact to go and do cast. I I'm very fortunate that I have an amazing family and my especially my siblings that I've always, for the most part, like they'll put their neck out for me. They'll they'll take a you know I would think take a bullet for me, but maybe I kind of thought that that was easy. I'm like you know what I can just leave quickly and go do cast and come back. But then I left all the shit on them. So when I look back, like. Yeah, I'm your siblings mostly on Yanni. Yeah, yeah, Yanni. Georgia, oh, Georgia was with us most of the time. That's another thing. One of the like, worst decision, like Georgia gave up her, you know, mat leave to help us grow cast because we needed that role filled. We couldn't afford to do it. So you know, I my sister's like she always says she was I can never say no to you. Which is at the same time I say, well, listen, if you can't, like you can tell me. But then she tried to quit numerous times, and I'm like, hey, to try to sell her on it. But that's me doing my job as a CEO, not as her brother. But then you look back, it's like, okay, well, this is all for naught. And now what did she gain out of it? Like, so was that like shutting the company down relative to that for me is like, I should make a call to not burn all the funds we had and pay back people that invested and trusted in us. And I thought that was the right decision to do, but that, I can never go give her back the time that I took from her that she didn't get paid and all those things. So to me, I'm not, I haven't thought about this, which one is worse, but to me, when I look back, like, Oh, would I have done that differently? Maybe. I would not have done different than the shutting down of cast. That decision was actually, was a hard decision, but it was actually one of the ones that I had the most conviction on at the time. I, you know that, I, I didn't waver in that. I thought that this is like, we're on a sinking ship, unfortunately. The hindsight now gives me more conviction that it was right, but that's not in the moment why I made that decision. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was the worst. The, again, the money, like, yeah, not to sound like I have infinite money and it doesn't matter. It does it does matter? Because then again, I could have got. Could you buying a house right now or something? But my life, I have my health, I have my family, friends, I have food on my plate. So again, what's like? I guess you don't want to say it on the pod. We'll talk. We'll talk after. Like I, I look at moments in my life that sucked, and it's for me. It wasn't so much about the money. It was just that I, I was a hundred percent convinced it was going to work. I'd done everything in my that I thought I could have done to make it work. And then financially, it did not work. 
So to me, like I look at that as from a financial perspective, an L again, what the lessons we learned and like how much we grew and the risk we took and doing things that's nobody else, not nobody, that majority of people what won't do. And like, we fucking traveled the States on an RV. Like this is, the story is just wild, but I look at it as a financially as an L. Like if I think if I look back at most things I've done in my life, if I really put my mind to, and I really tried to do it. I didn't fail. Like I look at, okay, I played hockey, but like, I didn't really fucking try that hard. Like, Friday night games, I didn't care to go to because I'd rather be talking to girls or like with my buddies. Like, did I really try that hard in practice? No, I was fucking around half the time. So again, I didn't make it in hockey, but I didn't really fucking try. Swimming or, I don't know, a lot of the other things I did, I didn't fully commit and like try my hardest. And like with Cass, I'm like, fuck, I, I tried fucking really hard and I just fucking not sucked, but you didn't come out with the outcome you were expecting. Yeah. So that's, that's why I look at it as an L and like in recent years, like outside of battling depression, but again, I overcame that. So I technically won, I guess not win or lose, but whatever. Um, like I, that aside from cast shutting down cast, I think the battling depression is probably like the worst thing that ever happened to me. And outside of that, like, fuck again, like you said, we're very fortunate. We have health. Like nobody really close to me has ever died other than like a friend 15 years ago. Like knock on wood, most of the people in my life who have, past that like they lived good lives so it's a tough one say but see that that's a, that's a thing that's that how you're kind of compartmentalizing you're saying cast was an l but hockey wasn't an l and the depression wasn't an l but the thing is if you actually look at it i think you're you can correct me if i'm wrong the hockey the depression the personal life all that that's like one line like you don't just say because that happened in your personal life right like that's personal if you will your personal life keeps going it's like today is still part of your personal life cast are you putting it like a box at just cast? Because to no, me, cast is career. Yeah, career. So you don't think you've gotten better at other parts of your career because of taking that risk? I do believe that, but again, financially speaking, it's a major L. If I would have taken that extra effort and time and put it into metric or fucking even content for for that, I'd be noticeably ahead financially. You're just talking from a financial standpoint, not as an overall yeah. thought of it. Whereas, like, I think George is going about saying more is like, like the overall lessons losing every, that money all like is, the positive stuff that had come out of cast even if it didn't succeed that should have like you're not considering that a win you're considering that a loss too sorry say that again <clears throat> like you're you're just talking financially right yeah, now yeah that's why it's George an is looking yeah. at the bigger picture the bigger picture yeah of course right? like, yeah. like am we, I like understanding so right? like, I'm just like trying like, to like yeah, yeah, understand yeah. what you guys are saying because yeah. like, to me like losing the like yeah you lost money so you, technically it's a loss but then you can say the time is a loss the time was not a loss to me the time is actually a gain like I've learned I learned more in that short window of time than I have in my whole career I think so what I'm saying is like okay yeah if you're going technical but then again if you didn't invest that money we probably don't have that off the ground because again we're not technical founders no, so no. Oh, yeah, so that have. idea wouldn't have got off the ground we probably could have spent less getting it prototyped for sure we also wouldn't have the control we wouldn't have had the same I think level of like day in and day out felt like this was part of our team so we didn't necessarily have to spend our money. We could have gone and raised money, but we also realized it was tough to raise money. And I also think that putting our skin in the game, this is another thing that just on that same vein of like this whole other culture of startups and raising fast money and crash and burn and, you know, fail fast all that. I think it's, I also think it's kind of st not stupid, but I, I don't necessarily always agree with it. Not everyone's in a position to put their money where their mouth is, but I do think being able to like having the confidence in yourself to do that carries way more weight than anything else. Sure. You can be the smartest guy in the room and have an idea and go take someone else's money to build it. But 
even if you can afford to put $1,000 of your own money in to get an idea off the ground, I think that carries more weight than being super smart and getting someone else to trust you with their money because you're gambling with free money. There's really no consequence. As long as you don't do anything illegal, there's no consequence to your action. Our actions had consequence. And sure, it might have been a fool's errand and not, you know, we could have done it differently to be more calculated and really prototyped it and tested it. Kind of like what Lee talked about, like just like getting it to market fast, finding out if it works and if it doesn't, burn it and move on to the next thing. We went all in pretty early on but all the things that came out of that, all the wins, all the good times, all the memories, all the learnings, I don't think happened without that money in because we put the biggest chunk of money. The three of us put more money than our investors did. So yeah, that's an L, but we don't get off the ground without that. We have nothing without that. I don't think, I, I actually don't even think most, I don't think as many people would have trusted us with their money had our money not been at stake as well. That's fair. And I guess all in all though, like, I can. I think I can pinpoint a couple reasons as to why I think it failed. Again, I'm not blaming anyone, but I think I can, when I look back, and I've actually looked back a lot more recently than I have even when it first ended, and I think I kind of have it down. To you like really, you really look back. I since we've shut down, I haven't looked back at all. I, it actually, I haven't. I haven't the last couple months. I'm cruising here. No, but cruising but at the same time, fucking cloud nine. Here. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. You like, I think. The only way you get better at anything is by learning from your mistakes and other people's mistakes and taking those things and get better at that. It's what we do. Like it's, you know, at impact, I didn't have to like fail on, I mean, fail on some things at a small scale, but I'm looking back saying, how did these big companies mess up? How did other companies fail? What can we learn? How did impact do poorly at this thing? What can we learn from that? I'm not going to get the saying right. I'm not going to try, but there's something about like you, you have to look forward, but keep one eye on history. Otherwise you forget history. And if you, and if you're only looking forward, you run a big risk of making the same mistakes that could have been avoided that were easily could have easily could have been avoided. I bet I'd venture to guess to kind of bring this full circle. That's like someone like Sequoia and all these other companies that invested in FTX probably took their eye a little bit off the past and could have looked at a company like an Enron or these other companies that were fraudulent and didn't allow for due diligence, didn't have audited books, had their accountants manipulating the numbers and probably would have said, ah, this kind of smells like this. I should probably be more cautious here. But people get up overly optimistic. They're chasing this pie in the sky and they don't learn. So anyways, not to say you can't be optimistic and look forward. I just think that now that the dust is settled and I'm able to like not look at it emotionally and just say, okay, what actually happened? Because who knows? What if I want to do something else in the future? I'm going to say, what, where could we have gone differently? And I think that, yeah, there's a lot to learn in what we did. And um, that's, again, why to me it's not a loss. Does what I like to have that money back to put somewhere? Sure but you, you learn, like you live and you learn. And that also will teach us now, it becomes one of your principles. And now the next time you try to make an investment or start an opportunity or invest in a tech startup or whatever, probably look back and say, if I wasn't running cast and I just invested, would I have, would I have looked at it the same way? Anyways. So yeah, I don't consider it at all. And it wasn't That's the worst fair. day. Shutting it down was not one of the worst days of my life. I don't even think, I can't even say one of the hardest. Do you, do you know Cotton, it, running the marathon was harder. For, for me, it was, it was like the, I felt not lost because that's not the right word. I just felt like I was like, what was I doing? Like I set up my life at metrics so well and so good that I was almost not, not important anymore. And cause like, again, we were basically working on cast like all day, like even nights, weekends, everything. So I went from working 70 hours trying to do things like every weekend at the park, every weekend do this, like all waking hours thinking about, okay, what's the next thing? What are we doing? What are we like? How are we going to get downloads? How are we going to do this? How are we going to blah, blah, blah. What's the next road trip look like? And then boom, all of a sudden I've got all this extra time to do fucking nothingness. 
and you guys know I can't do nothing. I can't just sit here and watch TV. So it's like, how do I fill 70 hours a week, 60 hours a week, 50 hours a week, or whatever the mm. number is? You know what I mean? I'm just like, fuck, what the hell do I do here? That's why I think I went out for like 13 out of 16 days. Just I'm going to go on. Right after stuff. it ended? Oh, yeah. Oh. It was last Christmas holidays. I think I went out or like, we started down what? Like kind of like mid-December-ish? December? We made the call around then. We started yeah. freezing things, yeah. Yeah. I think I went out fucking every basically every night because i was like i need to do something what do i what do i do like okay i went to the gym there's an hour okay two hours went to the gym twice okay cool i'm here what okay what do i do i'm like i'm not messaging people to get downloads i'm not like trying to fucking look at the stats to see what we could change to make things better i'm like okay what the fuck do i do okay well hey this guy messaged me to go for drinks okay i'll go for drinks next thing you know like fucking six hours i'm like fuck i just killed six hours did a great job okay on to tomorrow right like it's so interesting how you look at life man not to get right or wrong. I, 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 I had nothing like, to do. It was, it was crazy. When I shut down, I was like, I need a break. That's why I just did fucking, I made TikToks after. That's the longest I've gone without taking a break from work. We worked truly, even the days I was hungover after like, you know, we go to park day and had, like we had a great day, got to the studio, had drinks and I woke up the next day a little bit hungover. I'd be back up ready to work. I think I missed one park day, maybe one or two. Oh, you missed a lot. I missed because I was in yeah, Europe. In but Europe. the thing is when I was in Europe, you know, I was on my laptop the whole no, time. I know. I, the it's just different, different types of work, right? But like, even me, I think I took one. I missed one park day. Yeah. I'm like, that was fucked because park days were like, people think they're just, okay, you're out there, you're fun, you're working. It's like, it's not that easy because there's days where you're fucking miserable. Like, you're just like, nobody wants to talk to me. What the fuck am I? And you got to fake, put on a smile and be like, oh, I got the best app in the world. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you're just like, it's, fuck, these people don't even want to talk to me. Like, I'm yeah. a fairly friendly, talkable person. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. It was, uh, yeah. I don't know. I. Anyways, the whole point of the story is that fucking this year has been crazy fun for me. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Hey, everything happens for a reason, too. I end up fucking... We got to wrap up. Okay, Danny's giving us the cues. I don't want to watch it. I've been going for a while. I, I, I remember at 7.30, so we're going to wrap up. It's been 24 more minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. On that note, George, good chat. Good chat, brother. Danny? I really don't mind. I got to listen back to this because the beginning of this, I don't know if any of my thoughts made sense, but that was just spewing no, them out. You can follow. You can follow along. Danny, thoughts? Great chat, pals. <laughs> Danny's like, fuck these guys. Let's wrap up. Yeah, let's get All out right. of here. If you listen to the end, I don't know how many of you did, but we appreciate you. Thank you. Share this with your friends and uh, signing off. If you know any sponsors, hit us up. If you want to go cool guests, send them over. Peace.